Welcome to Better Animal Handling, Chapter 4, Episode 27. Center of Missouri, USA. I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog and model co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode's on transmittable diseases of dogs. Our topics for this week are diseases that can be transmitted from healthy appearing dogs to humans, preventing zoonotic diseases from dogs, and preventing the spread of disease among dogs. Apparently ill animals should be handled by veterinary professionals or under their supervision. Precautionary measures against zoonoses from sick animals are more involved than those required when handling apparently healthy animals and very widely. Our discussion today is directed primarily at handling apparently healthy animals. Apparently healthy domestic dogs pose little risk of transmitting disease to healthy adult handlers who practice conventional personal hygiene. The risk of personal injury are greater than the risk of acquiring an infectious disease. The most suitable pets for young children are dogs and cats because the risk of injury and infection are better known and more easily controlled than with other animals. Directly transmitted zoonotic diseases from dogs can result in signs of disease systemically or in the respiratory system, digestive system, or skin of humans. In some cases, healthy-appearing dogs can transmit zoonotic diseases. Abby says she used to think that zoonotic diseases were something that you could only get from giraffes and lions. Many zoonoses from dogs cause generalized or systemic illness. Nearly all are described as flu-like symptoms. None are common in adult handlers of healthy-appearing dogs. There can be serious damage in humans, particularly the liver or eyes of children who acquire dog roundworm by carrying the infective larva in the soil to the mouth. Fecal material must be ingested to develop larva migraine infections. Development of the larva for at least two weeks after being passed in the feces is required for transmission. Fresh feces is not a risk for larva migraines. Young children should be kept from playgrounds and beaches where dogs are allowed to defecate. Echinococcus, or tapeworms of dogs, in contact with sheep or wildlife. They're acquired by ingesting fecal contaminated materials. The eggs are sticky and exposure can occur by petting an infected dog's hair coat. Echinococcus typically causes cysts in the liver or lungs in humans. It occurs whenever dogs are allowed to eat raw sheep parts or rodents, but it's rare in the United States. 
Capnocytophagia is a potentially fatal bacteria in the dog's oral cavity and is a risk for humans with impaired immune systems, such as from chemotherapy, cancer, AIDS, or splenectomy. Brucellosis is a systemic disease of humans that can be transmitted by dogs ill with the disease, particularly after the dog experiences an abortion. Listeriosis can cause generalized disease in immunosuppressed humans that includes atypical pneumonia. Your genital secretions from dogs can cause canine brucellosis, Q fever, or leptospirosis. Dogs with brucellosis usually have clinical signs of disease, although they may be subtle. Coxiellosis, or Q fever, is a bacterial disease that's transmitted by inhalation of dust contaminated by the body secretions of animals, such as urine, milk, and feces, infected with Coxiella. Dogs from farms with livestock can transmit Q fever in placental fluids, although the risk from cats is better established. Dogs with leptospirosis can have subclinical infections, especially if previously vaccinated against leptospirosis, or may be in a recovery phase while transmitting the infective organism in the urine. Leptospirosis causes systemic disease and tends to localize in the kidneys. In humans, symptoms vary, ranging from flu-like to meningitis, hepatitis, and renal failure. Rabies is a fatal viral disease that's transmitted by bites or saliva-contaminated wounds. Dog respiratory or oral secretions can be a source of infection with Bordetella, Capnocytophagia, Pasteurella, Plague, and Tularemia in immunosuppressed humans. Young children should not be permitted to kiss dogs and expose themselves to dog respiratory or oral secretions. It should be noted that strep throat caused by group A streptococcus does not originate in dogs. Ingesting fecal contaminated materials is required for exposure to some of the bacterial diseases that cause diarrhea, such as campylobacteriosis or salmonellosis from dogs. Of these, campylobacteriosis, previously known as vibriosis, is the most common, although the source is generally from puppies with diarrhea. However, campylobacteriosis can be transmitted to humans from healthy-appearing dogs. Salmonellosis is uncommon in dogs, but the incidence has increased with the popularity of feeding raw meat or bones to dogs. Handlers become at risk from infected feces or handling raw meat or bones and accidentally ingesting the bacteria. Both cryptosporidiosis and giardiasis have been listed as potential zoonosis from infected dogs, but the risk of transmission has been poorly characterized. Zoonoses that are passed in feces in the infective form and could be acquired from exposure to the rectum during handling a dog are salmonellosis, campylobacteriosis, cryptosporidiosis, yersiniosis, and perhaps giardiasis. Among these, salmonellosis or campylobacteriosis are the greatest risks. Although the risks are still small if no clinical signs, such as diarrhea, are present and the hands are washed after handling dogs. The zoophilic skin fungus, 
Microsporum canis is a common cause for ringworm, particularly on the scalp in young children. It's often carried on hair coats without clinical signs, especially in cats, and transferred to the scalp of children by contamination of their hands and fingernails. Young children should have their hands washed and fingernails cleaned after handling dogs, and particularly cats, to reduce the risk of acquiring ringworm. Ringworm is the most common reported zoonosis other than bites and scratches in small animal veterinarians. Dog handlers may develop transient infections by contact, often by infected hair being caught under a sleeve or a collar and rubbed against the skin or caught under the fingernails and scratched into the scalp. Mange mites, Sarcoptes and Chalidiella, can be transmitted transiently to handlers. But transmission by animals without clinical signs of skin disease are highly unlikely. Staphylococcus is a common bacterial disease of dogs, but the species of bacteria is usually not the type that's found in people. Exposing bare skin to fecal contaminated soil can result in hookworm larvae penetrating the skin and causing inflamed, itchy tracts in the skin called cutaneous larva migraines or creeping eruption or plumber's itch. Larva migraine diseases are not acquired from fresh feces. One to three weeks after elimination in the feces is required for the larva to become infective. Some zoonotic diseases are not acquired directly from dogs, but dogs may have a role in delivering the disease to humans. Ehrlichiosis and Rocky Mountain spotted fever are white blood cell diseases or blood platelet diseases transmitted from ticks which dogs could carry into a human's environment. Tularemia is a bacterial infection of wild rabbits and rodents that can be transmitted by infected animal body secretions or biting insects and arachnids, especially deer flies and ticks. Lyme disease is another tick-transmitted disease that causes infectious arthritis and other symptoms in humans. Dogs may carry infected ticks to humans. Plague can be transmitted directly from respiratory secretions or other body fluids, but the usual means of transmission is via rodent flea bites. Plague in the United States is often associated with exposure to wild rodents or their burrows and fleas, or the dogs or cats that become infected by eating wild rodents that carry plague. Leishmaniasis is a protozoal disease that requires sand flies for transmission and causes skin sores that do not heal and can infect internal organs. Infected dogs can be reservoirs for sand flies to acquire the organism. The most common tapeworm of dogs can be acquired by humans if they swallow the intermediate host, which is a flea, or less commonly a louse. Abby says, yikes, she may never go outside again. A handler of dogs should wear appropriate dress to protect against skin contamination with hair and skin scales or saliva, urine, or other body secretions. Handlers should not allow dogs to lick their face, wounds, or scratches. Fleas, ticks, deer flies, and other biting insects should be controlled. Vaccination in dogs should be kept current against rabies and leptospirosis. Dogs should be dewormed on a routine conventional schedule. Dog handlers should be vaccinated against tetanus at least every 10 years. 
Basic sanitary practices should be used, such as keeping hands away from the eyes, nose, and mouth when handling dogs, and washing hands after handling animals. Feces should be removed from yards and properly disposed of at least weekly. Dogs should not be allowed around rabbit or rodent burrows or given the chance to kill or eat dead rabbits or rodents. Handlers should wash their hands each time they handle pet foods and treats. Dog bowls and food scoops should be washed after each use. The Federal Drug Administration and Centers for Disease Control discourages the feeding of raw meat or bones to dogs due to the risk of transmitting salmonellosis, listeriosis, and cholebacillosis. Dogs should be prevented from eating out of cat litter boxes. Children should not handle dogs with fleas or ticks. Dogs should be routinely examined and treated for external parasites. Avoiding ticks requires avoiding tall grass, brush, and bushes during warm weather, and keeping grass maintained short in dog pens and yards. Wearing light-colored clothing facilitates seeing and removing ticks. Long sleeves and long pants that are tucked into socks, plus tall boots and a hat, reduce the possibility of tick attachment sites. Ticks are picked up by brushing against vegetation that the tick has crawled out on to quest, which means to prepare to grab onto a victim. Skin and clothing can be treated with DEET, or just clothing can be treated with permethrin to deter or kill ticks. Daily inspection of the skin, particularly under the long hair of children, and prompt removal of attached ticks will minimize or eliminate risk of transmission of zoonotic diseases. Most tick diseases take 24 to 48 hours of attachment for disease transmission to occur. When handling more than one dog from different households or kennels, proper sanitation is required to prevent the spread of disease from carriers without clinical signs to dogs immunologically naive to the disease. Dogs from different origins should not be confined in the same cage or run. A separation of at least three feet is desirable to reduce the risk of spread of airborne disease agents. Handlers should wash their hands before and after handling animals and clean and disinfect tabletops and cages used in handling. Runs should be sanitized with chlorine, that is three cups of bleach per gallon of water, before being used by a dog that has not previously mingled with other dogs that have used the run. Restraint equipment such as blankets, muzzles, capture poles, grooming equipment, collars, harnesses, and slip leashes should be disposable or cleaned and disinfected. Leather gloves should be kept as clean as possible and used infrequently. Special precautions are needed if sick dogs are handled and sick dogs should be isolated from apparently normal dogs. New dogs in the household should be quarantined for at least two weeks to reduce the risk of transmitting disease to other dogs in the household. Now let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. The risk of acquiring infections from healthy appearing dogs exists but it's very low if the handler has a healthy immune system and practices good personal hygiene. Preventing disease transmission among dogs requires good sanitary practices and in some cases isolation of sick dogs.
Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling is available in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press. It's also available on Amazon and for many other fine book supply sources. Additional information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about approaching and catching dogs. Hey, Abby, didn't you plan on going to nursing school? Oh, they probably wouldn't like you cutting holes in their nursing caps for your ears. Thank you.